Independent wrestling is pretty damn fucking cool. We're sitting down in the spotlight and squirt circle with Rhino. And we're trying to bring more awareness to the independent professional wrestling scene. Undoubtedly thankful for anybody that just decided to tune in and actually liked us enough to keep listening. Welcome into Grapple Talk, ladies and gents. Nick Ragnar joined by Jesse Von Rudin. Today is the day where we bring to you an awesome episode, episode, episode. Because, Jesse, this week we are going to uh, put on the caps of a booker. We have done absolutely no preparation. It's going to be <laughs> fucking at all. awful. Yep. But uh, we thought it would be fun to, um, at some point, kind of just be like, okay, well, we are going to start up a promotion. What do we need to do to make sure that we are successful? Will we be successful? I don't know. Probably. I'd like to think so. I don't know. That's always a, the crapshoot. So, uh, you know, one of the things that you'll... I don't know. It seems like almost every booker has this, like, idea that they're going to be, like, the biggest company in the state. Or Vince McMahon. Or it could be Vince McMahon. Ah, I'm, damn I'm, it. I'm just kind of hoping that we don't go bankrupt. I think this will be interesting because I think we both come from backgrounds in which there's a lot of marketing and media and and even some sales attached to it, right? Yeah. So it's not necessarily like, you know, um, like we're just some random dudes, you know, uh, flipping patties and and working in factories. And we're like, you know what I want to do? I want to open up a fucking wrestling company. And there's nothing wrong with flipping burgers or working in a factory. Like, tell you the truth, like working in a factory... You have set hours. Sometimes you have to work overtime. You usually have benefits, I, which a lot of people don't have benefits these days. I don't think that my my employer is listening to this, and I'm telling you right now, I've, there's been times where I've been like, shit, maybe I should just go work at a factory or something because that that it sounds super appealing to me. Actually. My employers don't listen to this as well, and uh, I thought about doing that as well. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Hey, maybe it's we not, should get a factory bad thing, job. But, I'm, just, but I'm saying that we have experience somewhat with. Maybe not necessarily event coordination, but we just have some background in, in sales and kind of understanding the industry a little bit. So mm-hmm. it might be a little bit of a different perspective than some other bookers might have. I don't know. All I know is that uh, we're just going to try to put together a show and we're going to see how it happens. And uh, we're, we're glad you guys can join us. I'm sure all, uh, everybody listens to this because that's how all wrestling people are, isn't it? Like everybody thinks that they know how to do something better than how it was done, regardless of who it was done by. Am I am I wrong in saying that? Yeah, I would assume so. It's like uh, hindsight is twenty twenty, so it's always easy to go back and look at mistakes and be like, oh, I would have done it differently. Yeah. Like what? what's something you would have done differently? Oh, wow. That's that's a good question. Um, Maybe you went to bomb Japan or something like that? No, 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 no. I mean, uh, if you go back and actually look at that one, so... Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, so if you were actually going to do a land invasion of Japan at that point in time, the Pacific was actually a fucking murder box. That's all it was, was a fucking murder box. So I understand why Truman dropped the bomb. It was like a lose-lose. But at the same time, though, the second you play your hand and this is what we have, you can almost say the reason why the last 60 years of world history has kind of like panned out the way it has is because we have bombed Hiroshima. Jesus Christ. Well, sorry to bring you down there, folks. We'll also be talking a little bit about Hulk Hogan uh, coming up later on in the episode, Brother. so stick around. <laughs> so stick around for that. Uh, but before we get there, Jesse, how you been, man? Hey, man, I can't complain too much. You know, it's been a really kind of a calm week. So I had like my fuel pump on my vehicle go out. You know, so that that's was an interesting fun. experience. Yeah, that's so uh, you know, I got into uh, riding my bicycle around, and that's actually been kind of so fun. So that's the reason why. That's actually. I thought been... you were being Lance Armstrong, healthy guy. No, no. If I was Lance Armstrong, healthy steroid guy, joke. I I would. Yeah. I would actually have no, like, maybe just one testicle, and I would be shooting up steroids, nice. but I both have, like, both of my testicles, which yeah, is good right now. You have all right three now. of them, right? Yeah, I have all three of them. Um, but no, it's actually been a very, I might actually keep on doing this 
like after the escape comes back. You know, it just it's, it's been fun. And actually, tell you the truth, like it almost takes about the same amount of time. I used to bike to work. Okay. We, we live on the north side. Uh-huh. I used to bike to work. Do you go over the uh, viaduct? No, no. So the way I've been going is you I go live on Charles. Yeah, yep. I live on Charles, so I go down like Liberty. I'm going to cut past um, Menards, and then I actually take the Mars Trail. You never run into the train or anything, though? Um, I've only ran into the train once, oh, okay. and the time that I actually ran into the train was on the way home. Yeah. So that was about it. I used to go up the viaduct. Dude, that oh. was hard traveling, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't mind it. You know, I'd get to work. and I'm surprised. But- I'm surprised you didn't take the little side street next to the viaduct. I guess you could do that, but then, but I was yeah, trying to avoid the train. train. Yeah. And uh, but I would always be sweating super bad, like, and yeah. you know, I, and sometimes when I go to work, I have to like wear button ups and I have to look nice, right? Mm-hmm. And I have to put like shit in my hair and be like, hey, what's up, dudes? <laughs> so like, I would be biking yep. and like, you know, my hair would be all fucked up and I'd be just sweating, like pits would be all wet. Yeah. And uh, it got to a point where I was like, you know, I don't think I can do this every day. I probably could have done it today, but I gave you a ride today. So, well, I mean, yeah, you could have hitched on back. That. You jumped on the pegs on the back or whatever. Yeah, that would have be been pretty slick, you know. <laughs> just trucked up the viaduct with yeah. two people on it. Yeah, well, I think we would have died. It's a good calf workout, though. Yeah, yeah. You would just been like your your jeans would have split at the calves and, yeah. So Extreme Rules was a thing. Yeah, it was. Um you know, there were there was some decent things yeah, I took was. away from it. You know, uh, like Rusev AJ was solid, but it wasn't it was anything it was it wasn't anything special. Um, like the Iron Man match, logic thrown out the fucking window. Like I still can't believe they have you know Seth Rollins go up three nothing on fucking. Dolph I kind of liked it. I I didn't, man. You don't like the there, idea. There's that? no drama there. Yeah. You know, and then what you do is then you have Ziggler fucking get four falls in succession there, and it's like. Okay, now we got we we just fucking wasted ten minutes of a fucking match, and now we have twenty minutes of a match. Yeah, I guess. You know, it just what you could have done was like you almost could have done an even blah 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 blah. Use the interference like towards like maybe the last ten minutes or some bullshit like that. Yeah. Then get Drew McIntyre kicked out, and then you have like ten minutes of like holy shit, Seth Rollins going to come back here. That's basically what we said. Like you know, it's hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. I don't know. Extreme Rules was just fucking Extreme Rules. I I I'm looking forward to SummerSlam. Hopefully they don't disappoint. Will they? I don't fucking know. I still think they should have put the belt on Rusev. Why not? I I don't know. More than likely, uh, why not? I don't know. Probably because you got you got plans for what do you, AJ. What do you have to lose? Your ratings are down. They're like the worst they've been in like two years. Just do something different. Yeah. Your contract's over in a year, anyways. Fuck it. Just do whatever you can do. <laughs> Try something new. I don't know. Maybe just tow the company line until like you move to Fox and then you do some weird shit. Like what? What would be weird for you? I don't know. Like, put the belt on the mid Carter. Like who? Oh, fuck, I don't know. Hurricane Helms? No, he he. God no. I don't know. I think they probably put the belt on Ambrose at some point. He's not a mid Carter, is he? I think he's a yeah. I think he's a mid Carter. Huh. Motherfucker hasn't been on TV in like a year. Interesting. Yeah. We know that Heel Orton's back too, so. Yeah, WWE, that, that's uh, a thing. Yeah, what did you, how did you explain it this morning? He ear fucked Jeff Hardy. He ear fucked Jeff Hardy on SmackDown. Nice. He knocked him down. And he's like, you know what? I'm doing this. You're waiting to find out. Oh and then he God. and then he finger fucked his ear. Wow, that's and really intense. I don't know who was it. I I saw someone on um on the Facebookers, and I'm I know I'm not going to give them credit for it because I can't remember who the fuck said it. He's like. Yep, I wouldn't be surprised if that ear spot becomes a spot in indie wrestling. Was oh, that yeah, Michael I Wayne? Saw that. It might have been Michael Wayne. Or yeah, it was. It was one of those guys that's 
that has a beard. It was somebody with a beard. Yeah, that's almost like everyone now. <laughs> Except for me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. He had a beard last week. Yeah, I know. But, uh, but, but yeah, I think, yeah, they're totally right. I mean, but that's what's cool sometimes is that they're able to pull stuff out of their back pockets like that. And mm-hmm. I haven't been watching SmackDown, but I've been reading about it. And it seems like it's actually been, you know, the matches that they have set up and, you know, that the, the, you know, they still have storylines, but it doesn't seem like it's overtaking the show by any means. And I think uh, as far as, you know, like backstage segments and shit like that. Um, SmackDown seems to be doing good. So actually when I heard that their ratings were down, I was kind of surprised. But, you know, that could mm-hmm. be a combination of things. Maybe just um, wrestling, you know, fucking fatigue. I don't know. I don't know what it could be. But uh, but Raw just seems like a big pile of dicks like every week. I don't know why. Maybe yeah, it's too I, long or what? Three hours is long for any type of broadcast. Um I think that's one of the things that even Major League Baseball runs into. It's just, like, how long long the games are. And just, like, it feels like nothing happens. And it's unfortunate, too, right? Mm -hmm. Because nowadays, you know, we are such a – we're all just part of this really fast-paced environment. Yeah, instant gratification. Yeah. And it wasn't like that 20 years ago. But now it's like we need everything now, now, now. Because there's times, you know, I fucking love the Brewers to death. But there's times where we'll be watching the game and I'm, like, having a – you know, like on TV – it's different when you're there in person, but uh, we're watching the game on TV, and I'm like, oh, my God, I fucking love baseball. This is great. And then it's the fifth inning, and we've been watching for, like, two hours, and I'm like, okay, this is a little ridiculous. <laughs> like, I feel like I need to be doing things. You know what I mean? It's just like you yeah. can't just sit there and watch a baseball game for three fucking hours. You know, I feel like I sh- I feel like I could be getting things done or something, you know? And wrestling's probably the same way, but it's on a Monday night. You get done with work, and you're just sitting there, and you're like – I could have went to a fucking movie tonight or something, you know? It's, like, so long. Yeah. Unless you're doing things while you're, you know, maybe you're folding clothes or you're doing dishes. I don't know. But to sit down and just be like, I'm dedicated to watching this three hours every week is daunting. There used to be a time where we would talk about it and be like, you know what, dude? It'd be fucking cool to eventually get a job in wrestling. Like, maybe work for one of the fucking newsletters or something and be a reporter, whatever that bullshit. And it's like, I don't know if I'd want to be tasked with watching Raw for three hours every fucking Monday. Man, imagine if you got paid... Five bucks for every hundred words, or some bullshit like that. I don't, I don't know what the the deal is with. Uh, maybe it's like ten bucks every hundred words. Imagine you have to write these articles. They're anywhere between five hundred and a thousand words. Jesus Christ! On raw, you know, you you do got three hours of content, but like after a while, I, man, you know, like it just it it becomes a chore. And yep. I, I don't think some of it is necessarily like you look at the roster. That roster is fucking stacked. stacked. Stacked on Raw, smack, you know, stacked on SmackDown as well. We're we're in this unprecedented moment where we actually have a lot of really good talent on the main roster, but at the same time, though, I a lot of that talent's getting lost in the shuffle. Yep. And at the same time, it's like the creative hasn't changed at all in the last like three to four years. Yeah. And I think a lot of people they're expecting certain things. I don't I don't know exactly what they're expecting. I don't think it's like that shotgun booking of like the the attitude era or anything like that. I'm almost wondering if they're expecting like change, something. I don't know what it is, but WWE for whatever period of reason has lost the pulse of their own crowd. Yeah, and it was it was self evident at Extreme Rules when when that crowd at yeah. Pittsburgh, always a hot crowd, turned their fucking back on the product because like, Jesus fuck man, that was just like. It's been called one of the top 15 worst WWE, like, pay-per-views of all time. Really? And that's saying something. Like, that, that WWE puts out a lot of pay-per-views. Don't get me wrong on that one. They probably put out, I don't know, 16 a year, give yeah. or take. But when you have, like, these all-time stinkers, 
and you have a crowd who, man, like that Pittsburgh crowd, King of the Ring 98 was there. They love that shit. I don't yep. know. Like, Extreme Rules this year. <sighs> just like a fucking, it's like a fart in church. I, I think a lot of it just comes down to, we've talked about this before, but, I mean, these pay-per-views nowadays, we had this last episode, I think we uh-huh. talked about that. They just feel like extensions of the fucking what you see on Monday and Tuesday nights. I mean, there's just not, there's not, it doesn't seem like there's an end game for a lot of them. Because you know, when we used to watch pay per views, Uh I remember, and this is, you have a different perspective, right? Uh, But I remember when I was growing up, at least, and maybe not even growing up, but when I was like fucking in my, you know, upper teens, right? So I was like, Uh I wasn't, I fucking knew what was going on. Um, but it felt like when we got to the pay-per-views, they meant something. Like, it was like, this is the culmination of what I've been watching every Monday and Tuesday. And while maybe, yeah, storylines are still written to maybe end at the pay-per-views, it just doesn't feel like that anymore. No. It just feels bleh. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, even growing up, it was one of those things, like, I always look forward to the pay-per-views. You know, like, I grew up in the big four. Yeah. And then as time went on, they added pay-per-views and stuff like that. But all storylines kind of led to pay-per-views. And then you can always leave like a little hanger, be like, "Oh, hey man, tune in to Raw, blah, see what happens." Yeah. But now it's gotten to the point where the pay per view is a fucking commercial for Raw. Yeah. The pay per view is a commercial for SmackDown. It really is. And it's yeah, case in point in this one. So you have Bobby Lashley actually beat Roman Reigns, right? Yeah. You would think, you know, by merit of Bobby Lashley beating Roman Reigns, like he would have a better like case for a title shot yeah. instead of Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns comes out there, Monday Night Raw. They do a series of three-way dances. You know, just uh, have a one-on-one match again. And he's taking on Bobby Lashley, <laughs> the guy he just lost to. Yeah. So now you're going to tell me that we're going to get Roman Reigns' redemption story against fucking Bobby Lashley, and then Roman Reigns is going against Brock Lesnar. Well, here, and that's part of it, too, is, well, then that... They could still pull the, out the wool from under us, and maybe Bobby Lashley will win, and everybody's gonna be like, "Oh my god!" Because that that seems like that is mm-hmm. the constant theme with Roman Reigns nowadays, where it's like it's almost like they're scripting it, so it's like you, it's like okay, you Roman Roman him. has to win yeah. here, and then he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like they're just like, "Ah, gotcha, you stupid punk bitches," <laughs> and it's like, well, but yeah, okay, but um. But but they do that all the time, and again, I don't know if that's because there's just so much, right? Because it's it's once a, it's every week, it's three hours a week, so they're like, "Fuck, we need to come up with content." So they do this thing at the pay per view, and then they're like, "Actually, pretend like that didn't happen," because they're just gonna end up wrestling again on Raw for a, a actual purpose, opposed to just wrestling for funsies on a pay per view. So, uh, but I don't I don't know what the reasoning behind that is, and that's again, you know. I hate to keep doing this, but when you compare, like, New Japan, right, when we watch the G1, mm-hmm. Omega takes a loss to somebody. Basically, they're entitled to a title shot later on. It's yeah. just part of the 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 kind of like the, the sport side of things, right? Like, it's just the realism. It's like, hey, well, logically, if you take this guy out, you're a step up above him on the ladder. Now, mm-hmm. in the case of, like, the G1 tournament, you can't really be above the heavyweight champion, but you still get a shot then yeah. because you've proved that you can you have maybe a pinfall or a submission victory against the champ. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But in WWE, it's like Bobby Lashley. You know, if you look at rankings, it's like Bobby Lashley and Roman Reigns are Boop, they're right head-to-head, right, dude? Mm-hmm. Bobby Lashley gets a win. Boop, he goes up. And then WWE's like, ah, uh, what? Nah, we're good. Yeah. It's like when they tried doing rankings with SmackDown for like two weeks or whatever, <laughs> and then they stopped doing it because they realized it doesn't work with how they write their storylines. No, no, because you have to pay attention. Right. Yeah. So. It's unfortunate. I don't know, and that's, again, why we – maybe we could we could just probably do these fucking uh, just uh, weird – 
rebooking of WWE episodes every single week if we really want to do. But uh, and I feel I feel yeah. bad about it because I feel like we just jump on the bandwagon of everybody else that just doesn't agree with what they're doing. And I'm not saying their product. And we talked about that last week or two weeks ago, the Grown Out of Wrestling podcast. Mm-hmm. If you haven't listened to that one, check that out. Um, I'm not saying what they're doing is even bad, you know, because they are catering to a different crowd. But, geez, just sometimes logic you know sense yeah when you're trying to make sure that you do have somewhat of an older crowd it's like dude i can't even i just can't suspend my disbelief it's like i believe more in the avengers movie is like more (laughs) real than fucking wwe wrestling yeah um one one of the things i i I think wwe sometimes forgets and i i think this is like the same thing that actually plagues like even the toy industry i saw like amazing article about how once the toy industry stopped catering towards kids and catering towards people with disposable income that it really kind of killed the toy industry. Yeah. Because what you're doing now is toys aren't just toys. They're collectibles. So, you know, you can justify higher prices for plastic, you know, which is always kind of weird too, because like plastic, if you look at like uh, case in point, Transformers is a great one here. And just because I kind of follow it and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, like, if you looked at the price structure of, like, the mid, mid-90s mid line, Beast Wars, right? Really good line. Um, it They had a $5, $10, $15, $20 tier. Okay. Now it's very much you have a $6 tier. So, basically, your $6 tier is just, like, tiny a figure. Little tiny little dude. Barely any art- articulation. Uh-huh. Would have been an accessory yeah. back in, like, the 80s. Uh, your $10 figure was once your $5 figure. Your $20 figure used to be your $10 figure. Your $25 figure used to be about your $17, $20 figure. Your $50 figure Stop. used to be your $25 to $30 figure. Wow. Yeah. So I don't know if it's a combination. And then if you go across the board as well, so like WWE action figures. So their elite line is like 20 bucks a pop. Mm-hmm. Um, fig- like figures around that same price point, or like the Marvel Legends and stuff like that, which are catered for fucking collectors. Yeah. You know, they're not really catered for kids. Yeah. Because you have these all these other little sub-lines that are catered towards kids. Yeah. But it's one of those things where if you're throwing down, let's say, 20 bucks per figure in a set of five, that's 100 bucks right there. Yeah. Just to get the pieces to build a fucking other figure. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking nuts, dude. Mm-hmm. And that's what's crazy about that, you know. It's like um, people well, always talk about, about comics, you know, people talk about inflation and stuff like that, but yeah. uh, you know, necessarily the cost of fucking plastic and shit hasn't. If anything, you're paying less for manpower because all of yep. it's run, it's all automated and run by machine and shit. So your cost mm-hmm. to produce that stuff, mass, you know, mass quantities of it, is down. But you know, it's, oh, inflation's going up, brother. We gotta, we gotta up the cost of these figures for keep up with inflation. It's like, no, not mm-hmm. really. So <laughs> that works. No, it's like. It's kind of weird. Like, if you ever get a chance, just look at the the economic price of certain things and just be like, "Wow, this fucking boggles my brain." Fuck. Yeah. Well, well that's one of the things we gotta do when when we're booking this fake territory is we gotta look at the economics of things. This is gonna be interesting. This is gonna be fun. All right. So actually, let's take a break so we can separate all this stuff, and we'll be right back after you listen to this dumbass commercial talking about our 
first ever promotion. Hey everybody, this is RGG from the Regular Guy Gaming Podcast on the Grapple Talk Network. I think it's safe to say if you like wrestling, you also like games. So join me and my co-host Ragbag as we talk about old games, new games, games we love, games we hate, special guests, interviews, and of course, Ragbag's love for Luigi Mansion. That is all on Regular Guy Gaming. Check us out. Hey, it's Hot Shot Scott Williams. Do you like chili? Well, I do too. Do you like podcasts? Well, so do we. It's the Ross Family Matters podcast. Join myself, Victor Stick Ross, Jack Spade, and, From a, the girl! and a cavalcade of other people except Maru. You're never allowed. Grapple Talk Network, it's the podcast. We're coming at you. Maru's not allowed! And welcome back, guys. It's time for us to book. And uh, Jesse, how excited are you right now? You know, I'm I'm looking at this blank piece of paper right now, and this blank ba- piece of paper has possibilities, Nick. <laughs> possibilities. <laughs> I mean, this this promotion that we're putting together could be anything that we want it to be. Okay, so here's the, here's how we're gonna do it. We are uh-huh. gonna start from ground zero. Like we are going to. Yep. That sounds almost bad. Like, but but we're gonna start from the very. Why bottom. don't? Okay, how about this? Ground zero. Is the name of our event? We had to come up with a name. Yes. Is that so? That's the name of the event. But here's how we're gonna do. We are gonna start like we are locking ourselves in a room, and we want to put together a wrestling show. And let's say that we are booking two months out. Right? Yes. Okay. So we're gonna book two months out. Okay. So we're doing two months from today. Yeah. Um. Do you want to do it by week or do you want to use date? Week. Okay. Are we booking? Okay. So let's let's. Okay. Let's, so so are we booking on a Friday or a Saturday? Well, this is now. This is where it's so we're gonna okay. try to figure out the day that we're gonna have our first event. We're gonna f- we have to figure out a cool name for our promotion. Uh-huh. We have to figure out marketability. What are we doing? Sponsors, all that fun jazz, and the steps that we need to take to make sure that we're successful. So first things first, though. Uh-huh. As a booker, we're in a room right now. We want to put together a show. What is the first thing that we do to be successful? What is the very first thing we need to do? Is it pick a date or? Is it going out and gauging interest with the community, trying to find sponsors? What is it? What do we need to do here? I, I think the first thing should be we better check our bank account. Fair enough. Okay, cool. So uh, let's let's go to our uh, <laughs> let's go to our online app for our bank. Uh, let's there it say, is. Let's uh, say it's a it's a credit union. Yeah, a, a local credit union. Okay, so what? So, okay, so what should we say that we have for for a budget without sponsorships? Maybe a thousand bucks. Is that pretty fair? Yeah, yeah. We got about a thousand bucks. Like between you bucks. and me. And what we spent with our tax returns earlier. Yes, and tax then what, return pro wrestling. Then, yeah. We're not going to use that as the name of the Fed. Um, and what we kind of put together on the side. So yeah. each one of us has put in 500 bucks each, into this. Yeah, so we're ready to go, but so we, we want to get, get sponsors. About, we get, so we got to get sponsors. Okay, so what are we going to – so here, here's, here comes the marketability aspect of it. Uh-huh. Do we pick the date first to get the sponsors – to buy into the the date of the event, or do we try to gauge the interest first to figure out if this is even worth it? I think we have to gauge the interest first. Now, the reason for that is when you set a date, sometimes sometimes it's smart to set a date. So you basically went through this with Zari, right? Yeah. Trying to set a date for a wedding, and then you kind of worked your way towards that. Right. So you know maybe setting a date is actually a good thing because. If you set a date, you have a deadline when you have to get everything done by. We just had an event that we did last night. Uh-huh. We drew about 300 people. It was a singing competition. But we met as a committee uh-huh. probably three or four times prior to making asks for sponsorships. Yep. Um, but we didn't have a date set. And part of the reason that we did that 
And mm-hmm. and I think this is kind of where, you know, and this is where it makes it kind of difficult if you're kind of coming in, into this thing cold, you know, is that you honestly, it really works in your favor to have some type of connection with somebody that has some type of influence when money is involved mm-hmm. prior to doing this, right? Because one of the best things you can do with a sponsor is go to them and say, hey, like, let's work together to make this successful. You know, some people want to be really hands off and they want you to take care of it. They'll give you the money. They want the marketability. But if you go to a sponsor and you say, hey, you know, we're thinking about doing this. This is kind of what we want to do for our show, this wrestling thing. We want to bring it. I know you're a fan. I know you like things in the community, blah, blah, blah. You know, do you have any tips, pointers? Because you kind of get them more invested in your product, right? Opposed to just writing a check. They feel like they're making a difference in it. And that can kind of create and strengthen that uh, that tie that you have together. Plus, if somebody's willing to give you money for it, they have to have some type of probably tie-in where they can improve your product, whether that's being able to help sell tickets or, or, or getting, you know, making sure people know about it. So I think it kind of works both ways. It just depends a little bit. Like, do you already – I think it kind of depends, like, if you, if you think that, yeah, you know what, I, th- I think I can go out and get sponsors after the fact, then I think you do it. Mm-hmm. But I think at the same time, if, you, if you're if you nervous and you have no idea what people are going to think about it, sometimes going out and getting sponsors' guidance it makes sense because then they buy into it more than it just being another request for some money to put their logo on something. That is definitely true. So some of the promotions that we worked with over the past have done you know, tickets. They give tickets to the sponsors. Yeah. Hey, come on, check out the show. Sponsors get a banner. Some sponsors actually get a like a table. Yeah. And they do raffles. Exactly. And they do they do basically a uh, come meet us. Right. Uh, like almost a meet and greet, you know? And like especially during like intermission where like the wrestlers will come and actually sit at the sponsors' table and all the fans will come over and get the autographs from the wrestlers and stuff like that and check some of the wares that the sponsors have. So, I mean, there's a lot of different things you can do to really entice your sponsors or what exactly you're doing. And here's what you can do if you're listening to this. I'm telling you right now, just from a sales point of view, um, what this can do for you is that when you go in, it's not so cold, right? It's not yep. like you don't have that pressure, right? You don't, you're not going in and you're like, okay, like they know I'm trying to make a sale. Um, I know I'm trying to make a sale. I'm feeling a little, I'm feeling weird about it. I know I need to ask. If you go in there cold and you're like, okay, well, I'm not sure when I'm going to book it. I'm just gauging interest. You can go to them and say, hey, I know you've been involved in a lot of community things. You've been doing this. You've been doing that. I'm kind of thinking about doing this. I don't know if you like wrestling, you know, but this is kind of what it's about. It's family, blah, blah, blah. Like, -hmm. what do you think? Like, tell me what you think. And at that point, you let them speak to you. And maybe this is an opportunity where you go, you know what? Fuck yeah, I think I can get some money out of these people maybe in the next couple of weeks to sponsor this event. That's kind of how it works a little bit, right? So you're kind of taking a back alleyway, a longer approach, but you're more comfortable. The sponsor's more comfortable. And again, you're building up a trusting relationship opposed to, you know, because we, we've all had opportunities where we've had to do things like that on the spot where you just feel a little weird about it, right? Yeah. You're just like... Oh man, like I gotta go in there, and I just oh, I really don't want to do. But it's like if you have that trusting relationship, and they're like, you know, I think that's a really good idea. That sounds like it could be a lot of fun. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Oh, something different for the family, you know. Oh, you're gonna have this, you're gonna have that. That sounds really cool. Hey, I think that's uh, that's something that could really work out around here. And instantly, you know, okay, well they have interest. So now I have an opportunity to come back to them. You know, go accomplish a few things here and there. Come back to them and say, hey, I did this, this, and this. We have a date something you'd would be willing to help us out with and make sure that it's as successful as possible. I think that's huge because I think both of us could agree that almost above anything else, maybe even the quality of the wrestling in the ring, sponsors are quite possibly the most important thing. Yeah, because if you look at it this way, sponsor money, you're almost kind of playing with house money at that point in time. Yeah. So you have your account 
we got that fictional grand, right? Yeah. That's if we have to dip into it. Exactly. So what we're kind of doing here is, okay, that's kind of if we have to dip in. So when we're looking at our sponsors, we want to make anywhere between eight and a grand. Yeah. So what we are taking out of ours will be anywhere from 200 bucks to nothing. Yeah. Because what we want to do is basically we want to operate in the black. Yep. We don't want to operate in the red because right. anytime you operate in the red, you're going to lose fucking money. Yep. That's just, that's fucking, you know, business 101. So when we're going in and we're pitching with sponsors, one of the big things you need to do is listen. Yep. If you listen to their needs, even if you just go in there and be like, oh, hi, my name is uh, uh, Tiny McTubtubs, <laughs> you know, uh, Hey, I'm trying to put on together this uh, event for the community, and uh, I noticed that you guys are actually really big into the community. Here's what our event is. Maybe you don't even pitch it as wrestling first. Right. Pitch it as a family event. Right. You know, it's a, it's an all-ages, you know, extravaganza, blah, 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 fancy language, blah, blah, blah. Guy would be like, well, God, that, that, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, what, what is it? And then you're like, bro, wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so... I mean, just kind of like gauge like the interest of the sponsors and stuff like that. And think outside the box. Um, I think a lot of people kind of, they pigeonhole. Yeah. Especially when it comes to sponsors. It's one of those things too where um, I work at a TV station. And when we do high school sports and stuff like that, one of the things we kind of fall into is pigeonholing. Yeah. Um, it's just like, okay, let's go after the people that we had before, but you don't think outside the box. The only time people actually think outside the box when it comes to sponsors with high school sports is... If they look at the roster and they notice, oh, hey, See that name. last name. Yep. Well, uh, they, they work for this business. Let's go hit them up. Maybe that might be one of those things you want to do. It's like look at the roster you're going to kind of put together. Kind of have a, like an idea of what you want to do. See if any other family actually has a business. As dumb as that sounds. No, it's not. But maybe like that, that's a nice little thing you do there because then you have like you have the connection there. Yeah, you got to do everything that you can. And it's not like you're being, you know, sneaky or snaky. It's you're trying to put together a show, and you know, I don't think, and this is just my personal belief, and I know this is this is difficult for some that are just starting up, but I don't think boys should ever be paid by money that's made at the gate. Never, never. That money should never be touched to pay out talent. That money should be all technically all green from what you have a budgeted. Now, mm-hmm. whether that's you're still paying out of pocket for the boys and everything like that, but you should always have that money set aside right away to know, okay, well, I have this money for the venue, this money for the workers, this money for the DJ guy, this money for that, this money for that. And then, you know, after that, anything that you make either goes back in your pocket or goes back into the company's pocket in order to kind of keep uh, operations going because, man, the if you, if you, I'm telling you right fucking now, dude, uh-huh. if you are relying on ticket sales to pay your dudes, stop booking mm-hmm. 100%. Don't do it. Don't do it, Jesse. Don't do it. Don't. Don't. Because guess what? That earns you a shit-ass reputation, and honestly, I hope you can't sleep at night because you're a piece of shit. Because yeah. most of the time, if you are relying on ticket sales, if... How many times have we heard about that? Where guys, you know, don't get paid because they're relying on ticket sales, right? Too many times. And it's mostly, it always turns out bad. Like, all the promotions that rely on ticket sales to pay the boys, to pay the the gals, usually are the ones that don't make enough in ticket sales to pay them anyways. Yep. So if you're listening to this, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to hurt your fucking feelings, but if you're like, oh, fuck, dude, I... 
I'm, I'm, I'm losing money left and right. I got like fucking $20 in my bank account. Don't do a wrestling show. No. Stay away from it. Yes. So sponsors are number one. You sponsors need to get fucking sponsors. Okay, cool. So for, for our event. You're a fucking promoter. Yeah. It's in the fucking name. Yes, it's called. I want to be a booker, though. I want to do storylines. Too bad. It's not. That's not. Go your play. Promo- your go, promoter first, booker second. Go play fucking EWR on your computer if you want to be a booker. Promote. Yeah. You need to You need to make sure the dudes you're bringing in are getting paid. Mm-hmm. You need to make sure that you're. You know, if you're losing money, that's fine. But you need to make sure that everybody else that's being involved is being taken care of. And if you want this to be an actual business, it's awkward, dude. Sales is weird. It's, yes. It's, it can, it's uncomfortable, right? Sales you, is perpetual dating. It is. Yep. But you, it's part of the gig. If you want to own a business, a company, whatever, a fed, whatever you want to call it, you got to have that. You got to have the sponsors. Because you're not going to be successful without them. I'm sorry. You just can't be. It's about building relationships and using those relationships to your uh, maximal potential. That's how you get up in the world, man. That's how That's how you... And I said maximal. Like, you know, like the, uh, the Beast yeah. Wars guys. Yeah. Yeah. But, that, but, that's how you, yeah. but that's how you start moving up. And, and as far as being a reputable organization, you can bring in external talent that are going to mm-hmm. cost you a, a little bit more, you know, to gauge interest. You, you're going to have the connections, you know, like, for example, I'm just going to throw out some names here. But if you have, like, a Quick Trip or a festival, if you have these reputable organizations that are sponsoring, and they probably won't right away, nope. but if you if you can build up to garnering, you know, getting their interest, you're going to have people from the outside looking in going, hey, this fucking Quick Trip is sponsoring this shit? Yeah. Festival what? Foods is sponsoring this? It must mean something. Then you have ties there, right? Then mm-hmm. you have... Then you have these these fucking places, these big name places that are backing you, which which ultimately is going to lead to more success. So that's important, man. Like to me, that's like that is like the most important thing. Like these days, and I get it. It's tough. It really is. Like I I have to get, I you know with 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 bell ringing and some of the other events, I probably I must have to to get like fifty to hundred sponsorships every year. I for, believe it. For yeah. All the different things, right? And that that ranges the dollar values range from a bunch of different things, but it's hard. It's really awkward. It's difficult. And it's really hard to kind of get those new sponsors. Right. But at the same token, God, it's so satisfying when you get them and it really makes everything worthwhile. And again, you bring them on as a partner more than just a dollar or a logo. You bring them on as a partner in this venture. You know, we're trying to make it, we're trying to bring something to this community as a community business and organization, help us do that. Right. And when I see some of these, 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 these startup companies, and, and maybe they've been booking for a couple of years, maybe they've been booking for a couple of months, but they, I just I notice I'm like, they don't have a single fucking sponsor. I just go, you know, there's only a couple of places where that money's coming from. Yep. And I don't know how... how it's coming from the promoter, and it's coming from the tickets. The door, yeah. Yeah. And that's not sustainable. It just really isn't. Ooh. Yeah, so... All right, cool. So we got to the point where... Uh, how many... How many sponsors do we need for our show to be successful? Well, and here's the difficult part, right? Yep. So we have $1,000 set aside for our yep. budget. When you look at the sponsors, now I think it, I think as a first-time show, it's going to be hella fucking hard to cover that, that whole $1,000. Because yep. I'm not sure we're going to get – you'd think that, you know, based – if you want to break it down into levels, then you'd think maybe your top-tier sponsorship would maybe be like 500 bucks, right? Maybe take half of that. Maybe yep. 250 right? But that's not the easiest amount of money to come by, especially for something that nobody's ever, maybe a lot of exactly, people don't know yep. about, right? So I think at this point, maybe you make a goal, right? You know, you, 
I, I think, you know, similar to like being an entrepreneur, right? Like mm-hmm. starting up your first time business, you know that, you know, it might take some time to get into the black. There might be a couple of months where you're going to be in the red, right? But mm-hmm. this is where you kind of gauge the interest and, and figure out, is this something we want to do? It's, it, this is a risk portion of it, right? Um, so I think, I think it, I think it's fairly reputable. I think, you know, you got to get something. You have to have some partner along in this. You can't go into it cold. I would honestly say, you know, moving into it, I'd be happy with three sponsors, whatever okay. levels that they're at. You know, I mean, I think if you could get at least $100 one, we can maybe raise a couple of hundred bucks to put this thing together. Maybe at least cover the cost of something, right? So you uh-huh. can always, this is again, where you can do with sponsors. You can break it down. You can have venue sponsors. You can have, uh, you know, one thing that we'll talk about in a little bit. I think for me, especially in this kind of small niche community, I think I would for sure, 100%, whether it's after the show, during intermission, before the show, I would always be looking to book a local act. Something that's not wrestling with it because I think we're moving into an age, we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. where that can add a lot of interest. That can be something that's cool, something different, right? Hey, I went to that fucking wrestling show. That was kind of cool that they had a band, some guy, like local guy playing. Bef- you know, even if it's like doors open at 6, we'll have some local guy playing music from 6 to 7 o'clock, and then we'll do wrestling after that. Like, yeah. I think that's kind of cool. That's actually kind of neat. You know, yeah. I, I like that idea. Yeah, so I think that's something you could have a a, a band sponsor. You could have uh, drink. You know, you could you could do a whole a whole bunch of different fucking things, mm-hmm. right? You could have a fucking match sponsors. You can, which is I think kind of interesting. Um, we know that I think ACW did that for the WrestleCon where they had yes. different sponsors for the different matches and stuff like that, which I think is I think is genius, right? Because you're attaching their name to something. It's exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, boxing will do that every yeah, once in a while. Right. Or one of the cool things about like New Japan is like. I you, love have, it. You, you have your sponsors right there on the fucking I ring. I love it. I love that. And they never bring it up during the broadcast. Right. You but know? think about but think about how many eyes see that, right? A lot of eyes. People are constantly looking inside the ring. And that's and again, so I, I think, you know, and we, I just talked all this shit about, you know, making sure you have sponsors. And I think but 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 I do agree. A startup mm-hmm. never doing it before. Um but you, you got to have at least a few going yep. into that first night. What regardless if it's 50 bucks here, 100 dollars there, it's, it's got to be something. And again, this is where you work on your connections, right? Mm-hmm. You know, being a part, you know, you, you got to have something going into this. I, I Coming in cold and being like, I don't know anybody. I don't, I don't know anybody about anything. And I don't know any, you know, it's just like, that's not, that's, that's tough. I don't mm-hmm. even know how you get started in that sense. That, that seems very difficult to me. So we got to have a couple that are going to help cover the cost, at least of the venue. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing too. Okay. So now we have, now we have sponsors, right? So We're looking at that. We, we went out and we actually got our sponsors. Um, everyone seems very excited to be on board with this. Uh, we worked very hard to get get the three sponsors that we have. Twenty bucks a piece. Twenty bucks a piece. We have sixty bucks. And some gift cards. Um, we we actually did garage sales almost every fucking weekend. Um, we made some money there, which was good, but mostly nickels and dimes. You know, like I was selling books for anywhere between fifty cents and a dollar. Yeah. I mean, you were making lemonade. Yeah. You know, twenty five cents a cup. Um, you sold a hundred cups, so we yeah. have an extra two. It's not bad. You know, 25, 25 bucks, bucks yeah. you know, so, you know, but I don't even know that actually covered the cost of the sugar or the lemons. Yeah, we lost money on that. Yeah, we lost money on the lemonade stand. So, so here it is, right? Uh-huh. <clears throat> we want, we, we got the sponsors. That That's, that's number, numero uno, right? Number one. If you're listening to this, mm-hmm. which you probably aren't, I don't know who listens to this. I don't know if bookers listen to this. They're probably like, ah, oh, fuck that. I do what I want to do. Guy gets sponsors. Yes. There's been way too many times. How many, how many places have you worked for? A like lot. just about everywhere in Wisconsin, some other places in fucking Minnesota and, yeah, and yeah. Iowa. How many times have you have you realized that sponsors can make or break someplace? Oh, like every, every time. time, every right? time. 
Every time. You Every need, time. You need sponsorships or it's just not it's just well, not it, gonna work. It's not even just like wrestling, man. Like we do a lot of a lot of coverage of the uh lacrosse fairground speedway. Yeah. You go out there and I'm sorry, man, like you can't run a late model car without sponsors. Yeah. You can't even run a fucking street stock without sponsors. Go out there and get those sponsors. Yeah. Go out there, you know, make it part this is a second job. Yeah. I mean shit, man. Like some of these street stock drivers, they go out and pay maybe like two fifty for a six cylinder car from a fucking junkyard and it's still going out there and they have five to six sponsors. It's crazy, man. But yeah. they get out there and they sell. <laughs> so we gotta pick a date. Okay. Okay, so today is what is what is today? Today's July twentieth. Okay, so we're gonna book two months out in advance, right? So we're looking at September. Should we do September eleventh? Probably not. No. That's a Tuesday. Um, so here's the other thing. Okay, so now we're talking about Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday shows. What, uh-huh. in your preference, is the best uh, day for a show, your first time booking? You know, that's a good question. Once we get into September, the one of the things that we're going to run into, especially on Friday nights, is Friday night lights. That's true. So are we going to compete against high school football, depending on the community? Should we compete against high school football, or should we just move to a Saturday? I think you got to book a Saturday. I think that's a solid point. High school football in this community in lacrosse is one of the biggest things. Maybe you're listening to this. Maybe you're not. But uh, that's gonna, that, that's pretty tough, especially when you're trying to book a family show, uh-huh. right? You're trying to reach that type of audience. A lot of people have kids, right? A lot of people have alums. They yep. want to go see them play. They're going to be out all Friday night, and you're you're going to lose out on that crowd. So I think I think a Saturday, just just thinking business wise, is the smart thing to do. Um, so I think yeah, we'll definitely book on a Saturday. I, so with the 8th with the 15th. So if high school football is actually very. It is profitable in a lot of different ways for programs because what they can do is they can lower ticket prices. Right. So depending on what like high school football team you follow, some of the tickets are anywhere between like maybe five bucks for adults. Yeah. So when we're looking at our date, we're probably thinking about ticket prices. Yeah. Where should we set our ticket prices at? See, that's again, that's another great question. Now you see a lot of places that might do fifteen dollars. Some places do ten to twelve. Some do twenty. Yeah, and some don't. I don't think many dip below ten. Maybe there's a couple that do eight. Yep. Um, man, I, I this is this where it's difficult, right? If you have the sponsors to help cover the costs, mm-hmm. again, you should be looking at this where ticket sales are all black. So yep. to me, when you're a startup, a lot of times that means that you kind of want to start low, right? Like eight dollars pre-sale, ten dollars at the door. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just kind of, you know. And again, I know that it's it's. It's tough because I think originally when you're first starting out, you can't necessarily say it's going to be a cash cow. Yeah. You know, a lot of times when you get the sponsors, that's uh, that might be sometimes where you're going to make the money, right? That's yeah. where you're going to be able to reinvest your dollar. Mm-hmm. Um, when you get sponsors that not only cover the cost of the venue and the workers and the uh, whatever, but then you can also have a little bit extra on the top that you can take over and reinvest in so you can have a better wrestling ring or you can have a better entryway or you can have a some whatever, right? Move to a bigger venue, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Um, so my, my thing is, is that, you know, what I've noticed in my time in doing some event coordinating, expensive tickets, you know, for an event that a lot of people don't know about are hard to sell. Yes. And I think, I think, so I, I come from a club where I think that, yeah, I, th- I think the cheapest that you can do tickets, especially for a first-time event, to gauge people's interest where it doesn't feel like it's, a, you know, it's like, oh, man, am I, do I want – you know, I think when you do something like this, if if anybody is like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, do I oh, – $15, uh, do I do that or do I – I think that's when you're like, yeah, probably not. I no. think we got to keep them low, right? Yeah, think about this, all right? So what is the standard currency that comes out of an ATM? 20 bucks. 20 bucks. So, me do half of that. Yeah. 10 bucks. 
that leaves, you know, your client coming in through that door an extra 10 bucks. Yep. They can spend that 10 bucks depending on what your venue actually offers, you know. So let's say your venue, you know, this is one thing we haven't even talked about too. Booking it's a venue. Like booking a venue. So when you're booking a venue, first time show, you're not too sure exactly what the, what to expect. Do you, you have to kind of book small. Yep. So when you're looking for a venue, are you looking for anything that's going to hold maybe 250 tops? And that's the problem too, right? So yep. I think two, I think if you, I think a first time wrestling show have no idea. 250 is kind of a scary number because I, yeah. to me, the last thing that you want to do is book a show where only a quarter of the 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 seats are filled. Like that yeah. just looks, it just looks bad. It looks empty. It looks empty. So we've seen this with uh, like ICW, for example, over there in Milwaukee. They have a smaller venue, but it's mm-hmm. packed. Always and these packed. people are loud. And you know they, but they don't. They don't have. I, from what I know, I have, I've never talked to the bookers over there. But from what I know, they don't really have aspirations to move to a bigger location because they love their venue, which is awesome. Is that something that you look at doing as a startup that wants to grow? I mean, mm-hmm. booking in a smaller venue like that, but you pack the place. Yes. Right. Is that like because you know because then you have the fun feel, right? It's like oh shit, like it feels like it feel. You know, this is smaller. So do you do like a bar or do you do like a legion? American legions, they they have low prices, mm-hmm. right? But then again, you also look at location. Like, do you yeah. want to be somewhere people have to drive to? Do you want to be somewhere where people can just walk up and go, oh, there's fucking wrestling in here tonight? Like, think about this, like downtown lacrosse. Like, if you were in the heart of downtown lacrosse on a Saturday night and you could just put out a fucking sandwich sign, bloop, little one of those fucking tent sandwich yeah, signs yeah. out on the sidewalk, hey, pro wrestling, arrow this way. That's a way to garnish interest that's not necessarily from people that would have seen it on Facebook or seen the posters around town. So that all kind of comes into play. You have to discuss what's the most important and what you want to spend on a venue. That is definitely true. You know, so what are we looking for, like, venue-wise? I, th- I think, honestly, I, th- I-, I would be, in my opinion, I would be ecstatic reaching 100 paid tickets at the door okay so i would i would say anywhere i would want a venue that only can hold maybe 100 to 150 tops um even if it was lower than that i'd probably still be okay with it you know if we booked at a smaller venue and they're like yeah you know you can probably fit like 80 people in here i'd be like fuck it let's do it fuck it i don't care because most time too depending on where the venue is but the smaller the venue too the 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 less money you're going to end up spending right so okay so venue size is a big thing are we going to have an all ages show or 21 plus? Depends on where you book, I guess. Yeah. That's the big thing. And that's interesting, you know. That's Because mm-hmm. that if you do different. like all ages, you can almost you're not necessarily eliminating bars from the right. equation. But when you're doing all ages, what you're also doing then is broadening your reach, your net when it comes to your potential clientele. Exactly. And you're talking about sponsors here too. Is it easier to sell a family friendly community event opposed to a kind of raunchy whatever? And I'd say, mm-hmm. yeah, it's easier to sell that family event. So I think as a first time promotion, you got to go family. Open to everybody. You got to book in a venue where everybody can go. Doesn't mean you're not going to sell drinks. Drinks are important. Drinks are very important. You need drinks. Don't book a show where you can't sell drinks in Wisconsin. Because if you do that, you're fucked. Yeah, basically. I'm trying to think. I know there's been at least a couple of places that we've went to before that for one reason or another didn't have drinks there. What Definitely the... wasn't beer camp. They had lots <laughs> they of drinks They had there. a lot of drinks there. I think it was that Iowa show. Oh, shit, that's right, because some yeah. guy just set up in the outside. Yeah. And that was a good show, but again, we were going as fans, and it was like, what the fuck? They don't have drinks here? And then thankfully yeah. some random dude off the street was like, hey, I'm selling beer. Yeah, exactly. Like, hopefully that was... I don't die I, I don't think he had a license. 
I don't either. I think he just had a cooler with a fucking lawn chair. And he's Man, like, he you know, if he would have been a minority, someone would have called and be like, you don't got a permit <laughs> to sell these. Um, which is fucking sad as fuck, but yeah. it's also true. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a hell of a point. So should we book at like an all-ages place that has the potential for liquor? Yeah, Aren't we have cool? to. Sounds good. Um, which brings us to our next. So we got so we got the date. Yes, we we have a somewhat of a venue, right? We know yes. the size of the venue. We know what we want out of the venue. We know uh-huh. it's an all ages show. We we talked about the sponsors, right? Um, what the fuck is our name going to be? You know, that's a good question. <sighs> this is the fun part. We don't really even need to do this, but I want to come up with a name. <laughs> All right. So where are we booking at? The venue? No, like region wise. Probably, I don't know, it's fucking somewhere in Wisconsin. Okay, somewhere in Wisconsin. But here's the thing with names, right? Uh-huh. Do you do you do you always have like the acronym like every professional sport, you know, NBA, WWE, MLB? Um, cause like just about every wrestling promotion that I can think of besides, you know, Mondalucha, I guess first, those aren't acronyms. No, but that's, I mean, there's not many that aren't acronyms. Do we do an acronym? Maybe. Or do you just fucking, do you even come up with a name or do you just live pro wrestling? But if we go with live pro wrestling, we might not have an event name. Yeah, that's true, I guess. I've always wondered that, right? Yeah. I've, I've always been curious about that because, you know, d- does having, like, a catchy three-letter acronym mm-hmm. with a nice logo, like, is that, like, some type of, uh, like, validation that you're somewhat credible to the uh, to the, outs- to the public, right? I, I don't know if it's a credibility thing. I Man, I almost wonder, too, at the same time, though, if it's not a handicap. Legacy Pro Wrestling, that's another one. Sorry, I was just thinking. <laughs> that's okay. Um, yeah, you know, because, man, that's a, that's a very tough one. I don't know. It's always been that way, if you think about it. Yeah. Like, there's always been acronyms. Yeah, there always has been. You know, um, it's just, and I don't know. I don't know why exactly there's always been acronyms, but it's also very much a branding thing. Yeah. Because you look at anything these days, it's all about branding. I mean, Honda. Pepsi. It's a brand. It's a brand, you know. So you're also selling your brand. So if you just come in with a generic live pro wrestling, fuck, there's live pro wrestling anywhere. You know, you, you go see a concert, all those fucking bands, they're not just like a band. Yeah. It's, you know, Sea of Treachery or some bullshit like yeah. that. You know, so. I, I've always yeah. actually really liked the idea of going just with like the one word. Uh-huh. Like I love first legacy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I fucking Mondalucha. Like, I just love the idea that, yeah. you know, I, it's different. Progress. Progress. I yeah. love that. Impact. Like, I just like how, I like that it just, it's just, it, I think it's different enough as a wrestling fan where I'm like, that's kind of cool. The one thing that I would have to point out, and I'm going to call fucking AC Riley here. Okay. You need to somewhere in your advertising, especially with posters, because nowadays that seems like that's that's the biggest thing for wrestling companies, right? They have to have a poster. Even if they have a social media platform, mm-hmm. even if they have this, they have that, they always need to have a poster to be able to share to those different avenues. You need to be able to advertise that you are wrestling. Yeah, I've seen way too many times where places have, like, you know, and uh, again, the people that know their product are going to get it, but... You know, there's times where these posters come out or these posts come out and here's these big dudes or these different looking dudes and they're just standing there and you're like, and you look at it and from the outside looking, you're like, what the, 
what the fuck is this thing? Like, if I don't, if I don't know what wrestling is, because mm-hmm. honestly, in communities like this, you want it, you do want to entice wrestling fans, right? Yeah. But you want to bring in the general public. You want to make this a family fun thing. You want to turn people's heads, right? Yes. Because if if they're not watching WWE, they're not going to start watching WWE. But if they're not watching professional wrestling, that doesn't mean they won't come to your event and bring their kids and spend money and, mm-hmm. and start becoming regulars. We've seen that with RCCW especially. But when the you have these posters up at like local restaurants and shit, I sometimes I see these posters and I'm like, I know what it is. But I does, fucking work for him. But does average Joe know what it is? But average Joe walk by and be like, who the fuck are these guys without shirts on? What is this shit? Like, what am I looking at here? It's like it's pro wrestling. So yeah. somewhere, whether it's in the acronym, whether it's uh, in the poster, whether it's in the name of the fucking show, wherever you have advertising, people need to know what it is. So basically almost on the top of the poster, you need to go, live, live pro, pro wrestling. wrestling. You have to. Yeah. I think you have to. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. But you see, but now, you, now, now I'm thinking about it too. So when you come up with a name, by the way, if you add like the band, right, uh-huh. and you add the, the there's a wrestling aspect of it, it almost to me comes off like a fest or like a festival, right? Uh huh. So I think there's a there's an opportunity where you can just I don't know I don't even know what you would call make it. make it more of like a party. Yeah, party pro wrestling, pro wrestling party, PPP, pro pro wrestling party. <laughs> I don't know WrestleFest. Uh, WrestleFest has been taken so many times. Fest so wrestle. Many- Fest wrestle now, no, no, because fest wrestle. That's I don't know. Party time wrestling. <laughs> you gonna book downtown Petey Brown or what? <laughs> we could. He's on the shelf He's right the now. Shelf. He's on the shelf. Um, we can't book him. See, this is the fun part. See, this, yeah. this is the part where all the bookers. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like this is. I I imagine when somebody starts up a professional wrestling, this is like one of the most fun well, things to okay, do. Okay. So with the name. So with like the name, like you're you're also kind of like branding. So you have like that hook exactly what your product's going to be like. Yeah. So we're doing like family friendly, right? Yeah. So that's a very broad term. Yeah, it is. It it is really broad. But I, again, I think. You know, you have all these names like River City Championship Wrestling. That's a good name. Bruce City Wrestling. I love that. That's awesome. Yep. It like identifies Solid itself name. as being a part of that community. Um, you know, you talk about fucking, you know, I know uh, Draven's still kind of getting things moving in there, but Frozen Tundra. I think that's a pretty unique name. I think it sounds kind of cool. It kind uh-huh. of it reminds us, you know, like Lambo, Packers, Green Bay. Which which, you know, I'm not I'm going to be that son of a bitch and I'm going to say I don't know if Frozen Tundra is actually trademarked. Maybe it is. I don't know. What if you had wrestling at the end of it? Is it still fine? Is it still trademarked? You know, that's a that's a good question there. I don't know. But I think just just the general idea of Frozen Tundra might be trademarked. So right. you might want to just check it check that out just in case. Um, because we ran into this whole fucking copyright thing with this uh promotion we were doing at one point in time oh, yeah. with the Packers and yeah. So, but you talk like you know first wrestling like they booked at first forever, fucking, yeah forever. Yeah. So they were first wrestling, which was cool, right? Now mm-hmm. it's part of their name as they keep on moving, and they're really growing. Yeah, they are. So, um, I think when you come up with a name, just you know, it's fun, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like oh, you know, we're gonna be fucking hardcore wrestling, fucking killing machines, and it's like, and eh, that maybe doesn't work well with yeah. what you're trying to do. Like I, I personally, I like insane championship wrestling. I yep. think that's great because it's fucking crazy. You know, it's 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 rated R shit. Yep. Like it's great. You know, I, I think that's awesome. It kind of speaks to what it is that they're able to provide to people. They have death matches and shit. Um. So I think when you come up with the name, it's 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 fun, right? 
But don't make don't make it like you know. Oh, when I was like ten years old, I wanted to run a promotion that was named this. Like it needs to be something that can speak to the people that you're trying to sell it to. Yep. All of this is about sales. The mm-hmm. whole thing, right? It takes the fun out of it a little bit because it becomes more of a business than you know being a you know this this dream that you had. But if you're successful, it'll eventually become that dream. But you got to start with being marketable, and that that comes with the name if you're going to do a name, right? So yep. that's really important. But when we have the name, right? Got all this shit figured out. What are our avenues in making sure that people we get asses in seats? We got the tickets. We know uh-huh. how much we're gonna sell those for. Ten bucks a piece. We'll do fucking eight dollars for vets or some shit. We'll we'll figure that out. That's that's besides the point. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we're doing the marketing portion of it, because we have the date, we've got a couple of sponsors that are gonna help us out. What do we do here? There's really there's three avenues of advertising in most communities. You have your traditional advertising, which is your print. Um, you know, print, radio, television advertising. Yeah. You have your digital advertising, which is your Facebook. Yeah. Um, just just your random pop-ups that also pop up on the website, stuff like that. There, there's an algorithm. Most places that do digital marketing will actually mention this with yeah, you. Yeah, right. Um, so it's one of those things. You go to your favorite website. Let's say it's uh, I don't know, like householdrecipes.com. Yeah. And, you know, maybe your ad would pop up there and you'd be like, why, why should I go see pro wrestling? Right. Yeah, I see this. Man. You know, and you also have your street team. Your street team consists of yes. flyering, posters, anywhere that's got a community board, you put shit up on there. Yes. So it doesn't matter if it's like a laundromat, public library. As long as they have a fucking board you can put shit on, put it on that board. Yeah. And I would not discriminate. Um, you could also use your sponsors as well. Yeah. So your sponsors, since they are actually promoting the event as well, you know, make sure they have posters. Maybe make sure they have some tickets available at the sponsorship as well. Because, like, let's say we walk into a clock shop and I see a fucking goddamn poster for a wrestling show. I'm talking to the clock guy. I'm like, hey, man, thanks for sending yeah. my clock. You know, what's this wrestling thing? Clock guy would be like, well, man, you know, it's really, really – do you have tickets available? Okay, cool. I'll buy a ticket too. Yeah, right. I mean, if I'm going to a fucking clockwork shop, yeah. you know, I'm probably throwing down like 100 bucks and more. What is an extra 10 bucks? Yep. I'm telling you right now, uh-huh. too many people are relying on social media these days. Yep. I think social media is a great platform. Don't get me wrong. It's oh, great it's, to let people know what's going on. But You, you know, cannot, it's such a good platform, the fucking Russians used it. But you can't you know? rely on that yep. specifically. I think especially starting out, your ground team is the most – your boots on the ground is the most important thing, mm-hmm. right? You need to make sure that you do get those flyers up, those posters up, whatever you decide to do at every place that you possibly can. And here's what I say, dude. Um, a big portion of what I think is, is important for a lot of these promoters to do is get involved in your community, yes. right? Whether that's, you know, and again, this stuff will probably cost you some money. This is, again, you're playing long ball here. But, you know, sometimes I think people, they'll start with fundraisers. They're like, well, we're going to raise money for this. And that's all fine and dandy, right? Yep. It's a way to not have to pay boys. I think that's a, lot, <laughs> a big portion of it. Yeah, a little bit. You um, know, it's like, But... Get involved with your, your your local fucking rotary clubs. Get involved by by volunteering. And make sure when you do it, you have your fucking merch on. Do yeah. stuff like that, right? Let it's people know like, that you're out there. You're a you're fucking business. Doing the polar bear plunge. Yeah. That's huge. Um, because everyone's got a team. Yeah. You can wear your merch. Um, your fundraising, you're getting your name out there no matter what. Yes. You do like the uh the breast walk. Yes. You do anything new. We even if it's just as stupid as like you know someone who runs a five K, right? Yeah. 
fucking make sure they wear your goddamn shirt. Dude, it, this this can be one of the biggest things yeah. for for you as an early promoter. If you do things like you're like, hey, we, we're going to volunteer. We're going to help Habitat for Humanity build a house. You have like three or four guys go out there. Maybe if you have any local wrestling talent in the area, you know, you go out there, you wear your shirts and shit. Who knows who you'll run into? Yep. That's the big portion of it, right? Get out there. Make a name for yourself. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily always need to go and have a fucking sit-down meeting with an executive for somebody to know who you are and yep. what it is that you're doing. You don't need to wait until every you know fucking time that you book at a show for people to know who you are and what you're doing. You don't need to post video upon video upon video, post after post after post on Facebook. You, you can go out and do things like this where you meet people face-to-face and they, they put a face to what it is that you're doing and they have have a better understanding of what it is that you're doing because guess what? I'm sorry to say this, but regardless of how great your Facebook is, mm-hmm. regardless of how great your poster is, regardless of how great your radio advertising is, if people don't like wrestling, if they don't give two shits about it, they're not going to listen to it. Yep. They're going to turn a face to it. But if you're involved in your local rotary clubs or you're involved in local volunteering efforts or you're involved in this or you're involved in that, you're going to run into people that you're going to have conversations with and they're going to have a better understanding of what it is you're doing and they're is an opportunity at least to open the door to a future partnership or you're just telling people about it. Mm -hmm. Like this is again, how many times there's been so many times where a local fed does something where they bring a name in. people come and see it and they go, I've never heard of this before. This is fucking cool. I've never, I've never seen this before. We've been booking for five years. You go out and do the polar plunge. You do the, the stepping out in pink. You do, Mm -hmm. um, you, you help habitat. You go volunteer here. You go do this. You go do that. You're involved in rotary. You're involved in Kiwanis. You're involved in all these local clubs. And eventually people are like, what, wait, what do you do again? What's that? What's that logo you got on your shirt? What's going on? Yeah. You know, I do this wrestling thing. Oh, that's interesting yeah. now some people will be dicks about it because that's just people are fucking idiots but people have always been idiots about but that but at the same token there might be somebody that's like cool that's cool yeah i'll try to make it that's pretty neat you know and then it can make the you know for example like i'll use ac riley again just because i know it's local he's involved in a local rotary club there was one mm-hmm. time where they had a fucking bunch of members come to one of his shows to to see what was going on now i don't know if any of those are i think there might be a couple that are now regular RCCW attendees, but that's yeah. just an example of how something like that that you could just get involved in and talk about can garner interest from people that normally wouldn't have come. And I think that shit is absolutely important to fucking. It's so important. Mm-hmm. Now, on your point of view, we have we we have so okay. Social media is social media is the easiest form of advertising. You can just do just about anything you want. Yeah, you need to make sure it's clean though. If you have a bunch of spelling errors and shit, you yep, look yep. like a fucking. You look incredible. You, it's whatever, but. Paid advertising. Now, mm-hmm. do you, now do you make sure if we're booking here? Do we have a budget for paid advertising for each show? I, I think we would have to, right? Because advertising, especially you know, if you don't if you don't have the money for advertising, then you probably should limit yourself to both social media, where advertising is a little bit cheaper, and your street team. Yeah. But if you actually have some money set aside for advertising, I I truly do believe. Radio is a very good thing, but you also want to make sure that you get decent rates yep. and you want to make sure that people are going to hear it at certain times. I mean, you can get some really cheap ass fucking rates, but that hour is going to be in the from morning. two yeah. in the morning from like fucking midnight to five. Yep. I'm fucking asleep then. Yeah. I'm not going to be hearing like a radio and be like, oh, yep. What I, you know, this is going to sound fucking asinine too. So some of your clients, like, make sure you kind of know what your clientele is going to be kind of like. Yep. So maybe it's like, you look at what the popular radio stations are in the area. Yeah. So depending on how many households they hit. Plus, hey, hate to say it, man, like 
We have an ESPN affiliate in this fucking area. Yeah, we do. If you are a wrestling promoter and you're not on a fucking ESPN affiliate or any type of fucking sports radio affiliate what are you as doing? a fucking... What the fuck, man? Yep. Because no matter what the fuck you say, your product is sports fucking entertainment. Yes. Make sure you're on a fucking sports platform. That comes back to what yep. I say, and I and I I am a firm believer in this as a guy that used to work in the media. Yep. Send out a press release for each and every yes. event. Doesn't matter what you have on it. Doesn't mean the most glamorous thing. Go go to Google and type in press release template. You know what I've noticed lately? Uh-huh. Fucking Frank BCW. It seems like they're on TV like every fucking other week. Like, they always have something going on. Now, I don't know. Maybe he has some really good connections with the local news stations. Maybe they're fishing for stories. Maybe he is sending out press releases. But here's how you do that. Mm-hmm. You, If you go to any website, you can go to any local news website, and they'll have the fucking tip email boop, right there. You can yeah, just yep. copy and paste it, save it in your contacts, make a group. You know, this is my media group, right? And then just write a fucking press release. Yep. It, should, it should take you maybe 10 minutes. Write a press release for an upcoming show. These stars are going to be here. This is what's happening. You know, this is the cost of everything. Blah, 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 blah. Here's the event. Blah, blah, blah. Because it's the technically that might be free advertising for yes. you. Because now you're opening yourself up to somebody calling you and going, hey, we got uh, we got nothing going on. We're slow. We, have, we, we need some stories. You want to talk about this? This is kind of cool. You want to talk about this? You'll mm-hmm. have a reporter that has a game. We have a couple of reporters here locally that love wrestling. Yeah. There's been a couple of times where they've reached out to me. Hey, dude, like uh, I didn't know there was wrestling around here. Can we cover it? Fuck yeah, yeah. you can cover it. And to your point, though, mm-hmm. I don't care if they end up fucking hating you. You should be calling those motherfuckers like once a week to be <laughs> like, dude, yeah. Here's what I've always said, right? Uh-huh. And I'm a wrestling fan, though. But if I had a local fucking radio show, if I had a, a a local sports radio show, I used to work for local news, dude. One of the best, you know, the people would consider to be one of the, the best news stations in lacrosse, right? And when we had our morning shows that were only two hours long, some of these radio shows are fucking five hours long. Yes. We were always looking for, ta- for, for, for time. Content. Content. Always looking for content. So... These motherfuckers are also looking for content. So you call them and you say, hey, I got this going on. It's kind of cool. It's something unique. Again, putting on your sales cap. But they're looking for content. They want mm-hmm. something to fill time. And this is something unique, something interesting, something that, that they should be able to, to fit you in. I've always thought, you know, fuck it. Try to do a, a monthly a monthly wrestling show, right? Get, it, get on for 10 minutes every mm-hmm. month. Maybe eventually it turns into 10 minutes every week. Who knows? But it's something different, and it's something cool, and until you reach out and make those connections, you're not going to get that. The, the people aren't going to be coming to you begging for, for you know, to put you on air. It might happen once or twice over a six-month period of time, but just put in the effort, man. It's not that hard. Facebook messages take 30 seconds to send, mm-hmm. 30 seconds for a phone call, and you're not asking people for an arm and a leg. You're asking them for a little bit of time to help you promote something that's local, right? Yes. So, I don't know, dude. Like, free media, we can talk about advertising all we want, paid advertising, but there is mm-hmm. so much opportunity, especially in a community like this. I don't exactly know what it's like in Milwaukee and shit like that, but yeah. there's so much opportunity. Lacrosse is a great community, Yeah. Um, and it's very interconnected. One of the things you could definitely use that if you're not using right now is your fucking local chamber of commerce. Yeah, that's true. You use the shit out of that. You should be a part of the chamber. It's not, The memberships aren't that expensive. No, they're not. Um, if you look at it, some chambers are very good about always putting out a monthly mag yep. that has upcoming events. So if anything is – if you're looking for fucking upcoming shit, like if you you have a local newspaper, if you have like a local magazine that's free that people can just pick up at a fucking goddamn grocery store, it yep. doesn't cost them shit, do that. Yep. 
um, your Foxy Shopper. Find out how much a fucking goddamn ad is in the fucking Foxy Shopper. Yeah. Like, it might be a dying media. A lot of people say newspaper is a dying media, but there's still people who go through that shit. Right. One of the things, maybe look into a fucking, like, mail flyers, man. Yeah. Like, right. I don't give a shit. Like, think outside the box when it comes to your wrestling. Think outside the box when it comes to your marketing. Like, even if it's just one of those fucking things of Jesus fucking Christ. Like... Hot dog tent at fucking <laughs> festival foods. Get your fucking goddamn wrestling yes. guys there. Yeah. Sell fucking hot dogs. Yeah. You know, you're raising money and awareness and have a fucking, you have your fucking brand out there. Yeah. You know, and those like hot dog tents, you can actually raise like three to four hundred, maybe five hundred yeah, bucks. If you have no a good shit. day, you can maybe raise a grand. Like find out what's big in your local area and see, see how, somehow, some way you can attach yourself to that. Yeah. So like case in point in lacrosse, how much would it cost for the local wrestling company here in town to actually have their fucking logo on a race car? I have no idea. Do you know that? Uh, you know, I could probably ask Dan Dyker. He works <laughs> at the studio. Like it doesn't matter if it's like, it doesn't matter what fucking division is out there. As long as the car is out there. You got Nine your name times, on something. You have your name on something. And no matter the fuck what, like, they're going to be like, ah, here comes in another 23 car sponsored by, you know, Clement Sausage, uh, River City Championship Wrestling, whatever the fuck. If it costs you $50 one time to fucking do it, fucking do it. Yeah. Because they're going to be out there every fucking weekend for 20 fucking weeks. Yeah. And I do want to say, yep. we're not, like, calling out River City Championship no, Wrestling. No, no, we're, we're just speaking about lacrosse because it's yeah. where we're from. This is where we're from. But, 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 this, but yeah. I think a lot of this actually, I think a lot of this could relate to a lot of different areas because yes. there there are a lot of different avenues. You know, for here in lacrosse, for example, it happens, you know, be race cars and shit, but uh, the, the speedway. But there there are there are opportunities in different spots that vary, but they're, they're there, right? Mm-hmm. And you need to go out searching for them. So as a first-time booker, again, it's probably why we've never booked because it's a fucking second job and we don't have time for that. Okay. But mm-hmm. but it's a second job, and you need to know that. Again, yeah. if you want to play fantasy booker, if you want to do that shit, go play fucking GM mode SmackDown versus Raw 2007. Still a great yeah, game, by the really way. Dog. But if that's what yep. you want to do, go do it. But if you wanna if you wanna be a booker, a promoter of a of a professional wrestling organization, you need to treat it like a business. Again, get involved with your chamber of commerce. Tr- you know, get involved with, for example, an organization like Downtown Main Street and Lacrosse. You are a business, right? Mm-hmm. Do that shit. Have goals, even mm-hmm. you know, even if you're if you're worried about it, right? And I'm not I'm not saying you need to be all high ho. Like I, if I had to fucking do it, I probably couldn't do this shit. But that's why I'm not doing it. But mm-hmm. if you're willing to go out there and do it, maybe every two weeks, make it a point. You know, I have a goal. I'm going to have at least one sit down meeting with a sponsor every two weeks or every month. If you want to, if you want to kind of push mm-hmm. it to that length, you know, have goals. I want to have at least one phone call with a potential sponsor every two weeks. I want to. Um, you know, do this or that. I want, you know, you just need to, you need to have these goals and stuff set in place. And I know it's tough because so much goes into like booking talent. I don't know if we'll have time to talk about that, but, <laughs> but booking talent yep. and, and stuff like that and making sure that the card and stuff like that. And again, this is a lot of times where you bring in business partners, right? You have mm-hmm. other people to, to lean on that can maybe handle the financial part portion of it. And you can worry about the booking portion of it and shit like that. But you got to have your ducks in a row because yep. Without the the marketability, without the funding, without the the this and the that, you can't get to the night of where you want to see these storylines and these wrestling things kind of come into place. So um, I think that's extremely important. One thing I want to ask you quick. Yes. We're not going to talk about booking wrestlers, you know, um, because uh, we we actually are doing this before we got to go to work, and uh, we're kind of we've been talking. For, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll do, yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll do a part two next week. We could. But really quick before um, we go talking about marketing, I do want to ask. Um, 
as an initial promotion. No, mm-hmm. no, I don't know if you'll have bias in this or not, but do you bring in somebody that can provide the commentary and the 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 videography right off the bat, or do you try to save some money in that expense? It's always nice though because then you can archive with yeah. professionally archive your shows. But what what is your what is your point of view on that? You know, that's a good question. Um I, that's a really good question. You know, I hate to say it. If I was a first-time promotion, one of the things I would probably do is I would actually budget part of it to buy cameras. Sure. I think in the long run, if you look at it, you can get a decent prosumer camera for about 700 bucks. You know, that could be a camera that shoots both video and uh, still. Yeah. You know, like invest some of that money. Because if you really kind of think about it, it's like, if you can invest the money on your own end for some of the hardware, then what you could do is just invest in time for someone else. Right. You know, because if you invest in the hardware, you're not renting out people who have the fucking hardware. Right. And that's sometimes some of the cost when it comes to booking outside talent for both DJing and videography. Right. Is you're paying for the time and their expenses and, you know, the equipment. Right. That's that's half the fucking reason why people actually book people with fucking camera equipment because right. they have the camera equipment. Yep. It's not because they're good at what they fucking do. Like, you know, I'm good at what the fuck I do. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of it's because of, you know, through experience, yeah. you know. So when you're doing that, you're basically booking people for the equipment. Right. So maybe invest in the equipment yourself. Yep. I mean, come on, think about this. How many promoters actually probably spend money to rent a ring? A lot. Yeah. Having your own ring saves, yeah, saves that money. Yeah, maybe look at it as an equipment investment, yeah. an investment in your own business to go out there and buy like just two cameras. If the plan is long term, right? Mm-hmm. You spend a couple thousand on a ring. Yep. But then you think, because I, I think I've heard that guys have you know done ring rentals for a hundred bucks, but that's like a deal, right? That's a steal. So you're talking of you know at bare minimum a couple hundred. Mm-hmm. So now you're talking you know after ten shows you make your investment back. Yeah. If the plan is that you're going to be running that long, and then you're not, you know, you upfront you invest the money, but then that's not a monthly expense, right? So that's nope. something that that's something that to definitely keep in mind. But yeah, I've always thought that was interesting. And you know, one thing that comes back to DVD sales, and we'll wrap this up, and I think we'll we'll table. Um, booking talent until next week because I think uh-huh. there'll be some interesting conversations on that. But, um, you know, I don't have experience with sales, like DVD sales and stuff. I don't know how that is, but I definitely do think that there's a portion of your product. If you do that, you need to be putting, whether it's on Facebook, upload it on Facebook, you have it be a social media avenue, or start up a YouTube page, and I think you just start blasting. This is what yep. we do, right? Because we always talk about that. People are always like, well, I'm giving away shit for free then. You know, I'm not going to be able to sell these DVDs. But to me, you know, I kind of relate it to anything, really, right? You know, you could watch a theater performance on your on fucking YouTube, but it, mm-hmm. it's just not the same as being there in there person. Live. Yeah. You could uh, we we talked about this with fucking you know baseball and shit like you can watch mm-hmm. baseball on TV for three hours you're like fucking hey I don't want to watch this for three hours or raw for three hours but I'd be lying to you if I said I don't want to go to raw in person like I don't I just don't want to be there's the a right. different atmosphere there's different atmospheres yeah. so I, I don't think that you're necessarily losing out you don't need to put the whole fucking show on YouTube nope. or on Facebook but just give people you know let them know what you're what you got going on pick out your best moments your funniest moments your funnest moments. And um, and put that shit out there for people to see, so they're like, "Oh, this is what this is. Like, mm-hmm. this is what I'm missing out on, right?" Yeah. 
Because what does it hurt to do that? You know, the, the best match, the best moments. Hey, here's the here's the top three moments. Right? Put something together like that. Throw yeah. it up on Facebook. It's fucking 30 seconds long. But then people that have never been there before go, oh, this is what this is. This mm-hmm. is fucking cool. This is neat. Yep. You know? A fucking funny-ass promo or some shit like that. Put that up there. Let people, you know, let people see what it is that you do um, because at the end of the day, if you're if you're worried about DVD sales, well, then don't put up the whole fucking two and a half hours of your show. It's that simple. Exactly. I got. That's what I gotta say. So, cool, man. Yeah. Maybe we just we got we kind of just booked our own show a little bit there. Well, we promoted it. We got <laughs> promoted. Promote it. We we got the uh, nuts and bolts of the show. Um, we still don't have a company name, but we have an event name, Ground Zero. We're booking yeah. it on uh, September twenty second. <laughs> um, yeah, we're trying to aim to get anywhere between one hundred and one hundred fifty people there, and uh, we're hoping to have three sponsors. Well, hopefully, you guys found this somewhat beneficial because we were probably just talking out of our asses. But I think honestly, no, I'm not even, yeah. and I'm not saying that we're credible by any means. But oh. I think there's some things that we said that has to speak to some people, yeah. right? Like I think some of that stuff is, you know, and that's, and that's not just us thinking that we know. Mm-hmm what's right and what's wrong. But I think in our experiences with our day-to-day professional lives and then seeing so many of these feds from the outside looking in that have failed, this is just what we think, I guess, more or less to make sure that you have a successful promotion. Yeah, basically, we're we're not out here to shit on. We're out here to help. help. That's That's the biggest thing we always try to do with this podcast. No matter what the fuck it is, it's an avenue for local independent wrestling to get the word out. Yeah. And sometimes... You know, we go behind the curtain. Sometimes we're like, you know, we, we pull the veil off the fucking trick, you know. But the biggest thing is, no matter what you're trying to do in life, is very much you have to go out there and you have to assume some risk and take some responsibility for what the fuck you do. Yeah. So as a wrestling promoter, it's not just about you. Because what you're looking at is the wrestling fan, the people that work for you. Yeah. Auxiliary staff. You're looking at the wrestlers. Well, you want to make sure, no matter what, is that everyone has a good time at your event. You want to make sure the boys get paid. You want to make sure everyone's happy. Because if you decide to do one show, you're probably going to do a second show. Yep. You're going to try to do a third show and so on and so forth. So what you're really doing is you're really building a product. You're building a relationship, not just with your fans, but the people that you book, the people that you actually use for ring announcers, shit like that. You're building relationships, and you're not doing it because you have grand aspirations to be the fucking next Vince McMahon. Yeah. I, you're doing it because you fucking love what you're doing. Yeah. And you want to make sure everyone's very happy with what you're doing. Yeah. I want to say this really quick. Uh-huh. Um, could we talk about sponsorships a little bit? Yeah, sure. For people that are listening that maybe are bookers or maybe have friends that are bookers, um, you know, guys, as a guy that has worked with sponsors, I know I said earlier like a $500 sponsorship would be like the top level. I just realized that that'd be $500 a show if we booked fucking six shows a year that – That'd be a lot of money, but yeah. but here's the thing: when it uh, that I just thought about, you know, uh, a, a helpful tip for you. There's a lot of companies, um, local companies, that all their sponsorship requests go through an online database, right? Like yep. you have to fill out a form to do it. So you know, if you've got some free time, whether you're at home, you know, just make a list, right? Okay, well, I can, you know, um, there's this bank or credit union. There's this grocery store. There's this. Um, this company, there's that company, and then start looking them up online. If they have a sponsorship request, take the 10 minutes to fill it out. Yeah. Talk about what it is. What does it hurt? You know, a couple of weeks, you might get a no. Oh, that fucking sucks. A couple of weeks, you might get a yes. You might get a yes. You might get a yes. You never know. Mm-hmm. So um, take that into consideration, you know, because sometimes some of those bigger key sponsors can come from just taking 10 minutes to fill out a document because they'll meet as a committee, and who knows? They might be like, 
fuck yeah. Yeah, they're sitting there at the community and be like, oh, so uh, we got the sponsorship request for uh, local pro wrestling. And someone would be like, what, what, pro wrestling? (laughs) That could happen. No way. How how can we get involved? What do they want? Exactly. Well, they're only asking for maybe 50 bucks a show. Exactly. (laughs) 50 bucks? Ah! Yeah, I'll pay that shit. I'll pay that that, out of my pocket right now. So again, yeah, if you're listening to this, you know, the boots on the ground thing is important. You need to go meet with the local businesses. They'll help you sell tickets and shit. But if you're just looking for sponsors, you need some extra cash on the side, Go out and fill out those forms because you never know what you're going to get. Keep them modest. You know, don't go out there asking for five grand by any means, but no. keep, them, keep them low, keep them modest, and that could be a little bit of extra cash in your pocket um, from these places that, you know, make a lot of decisions based on just these forms that you fill out. So that's always an idea Grassroots for a lot of those people. really does work. Yeah, it does. So cool, man. Well. Okay, cool. Well, we got to wrap this up. So thoughts on Hulk Hogan coming back to WWE? Uh, I don't know. I, it was a bad decision. That's all I got. Yeah. Um, thoughts are with Chase McCoy. Thoughts dude, are with Chase McCoy, dude. Dude was in a car accident yeah. the other day. Very nasty looking. Apparently he's okay, but you just never know. Yeah. So, uh, kind of another reminder, you know, to, to, to not take things for granted. No, not and at all. And to, uh, you know, uh, have some perspective on life, right? You know, there's always mm-hmm. opportunities where we can get upset about things. I've got a couple of things that I got to get done at work today that are super stressing me out. But in the grand scheme of things, if you just kind of look at everything outside of a vacuum, right? Like if you just look at everything as as a whole, you know, just appreciate what matters to you, what's important to you, what's important to your loved ones, and just make sure that you always have that in mind, regardless of what you're going through. You know, that person talking shit at work or whatever, that's not the biggest deal because they can go fuck themselves. But it's like, Basically, yeah. but when you have everything else in order and you have those loved ones and you have all those things that merely matter to you, that's what's important in life, you know, because mm-hmm. I've thought about that sometimes, dude. Now we're getting all philosophical and shit, <laughs> but I've thought about that sometimes. You know, it's like, man, what the yeah. fuck? If I ever got fired, I'd be like the worst thing ever. Like, how would I pay for things, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, in, this, in the setting that I work in, I'm like, well, shit, if I still have, you know, my friends like you, yeah. if I still have my loved ones like my, my, my family and Zari and my dog and shit, that's just that, dude. And, you know, mm-hmm. you got you got what's important to you and, uh, you know, you can make things happen and make things work as long as you have that, uh, you have what, what's important to you. So, that is definitely true. Definitely, man. All righty. Well, thanks for joining us this week. Send your hate mail to jessevonruden <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> Yep, that um, is actually my. Uh, is it really yeah, your it email? Is. Yeah, it is. Shit. Okay. Um, uh, what is yours then? Njragner at okay. gmail.com. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's my. That's the. That's my. Um, I have two different emails. That's actually my non-junk email. So like, anytime okay. I have to sign up for like online promotions, you or have shit, your junk email. Thing. I have a junk email that I'm like, I'll just. This is like my. So you have like email. a burner email. Yeah, I do actually. Yeah, so yeah. like, when I order pizza from like toppers.com, I'm like, yep. well, I'm gonna use my burner email because I know they're gonna be like, hey, toppers promotions. It's like I'll click like, please do not send me you know fucking newsletters and shit, and yeah, then I'll yeah, still yeah. get them anyways. Mm. So I have one email that's used for you know like personal stuff or maybe even like important professional things and then i have just a i have a burner email yep. that has just an ass load of junk email wow so yeah. if you got anything out of this hour and a half uh podcast is have a junk email have a junk email it's not a bad idea actually it works really well for me because now i have one email that's just like clean and if i ever get an email in it i know it's somewhat important like, it's yep. like i have to check this out and it's not like you know because then I, my yahoo email is my burner email and uh, it's like I'll get like one thing that I maybe sort of need to read, and then I'll get like thirty things that are just ass. Yeah. It's like why do I have these? And I could unsubscribe from them, but that'd take way too long. I just don't, yeah, because you have to go through the email and find the unsubscribe button. Yeah, and it, that's and then that's you, and then the you ass. click on that, and it takes you to another website, and then you have to fill out something that's. Are you not, sure? Are you sure? Are you absolutely sure? Why are you discontinuing? Where yeah, where are you gonna do in like a survey? And that's Jesus Christ! I just want to fucking end this thing, but uh. 
Cool, man. So next week we'll do part two. We'll talk about uh, booking talent. What's what what to do? What not to do? How many matches should we have? How many matches we should have? Should the we crown a champion? No, we shouldn't crown no, a champion. Fuck no, that. fuck that. That's a, that's bad. But uh, but yeah. So we'll we'll talk about that. Uh, thanks everybody for joining us this week on Grapple Talk. I'm sure would whenever we end up seeing you at shows, we'll hear about uh, how much you fucking hated our ideas and how much you want to kill us. Yep. And, Probably we probably got some heat for for whatever reason from from doing this podcast, but I don't give yeah, a fuck. Who cares? I don't give a shit. Man, that pizza is not sitting well with me right now. I'll tell you. Yeah, what man, you had the poor man's cracker and <sighs> cracker and salmon. Cracker and salmon. Yep. <laughs> shit. All right. All well, right. we're calling it a day. We'll catch you guys next week right here on Grapple Talk. Stay classy, folks.